Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. When I say the word leadership, what pops in your mind? It's a word that conjures a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And when thinking of a leader, many of us probably think of things like a CEO, a military general, a pastor, or that super charismatic individual over in the corner who manages to convince everyone to drink the strangely flavored Kool-Aid. <laughs> and in today's podcast, I want to talk about different ideas of leadership and how I ultimately think that leadership is an issue of leading shoulder to shoulder instead of standing on top of other individuals. But before I do that, I want to play this clip from the movie Full Metal Jacket, in which the world's most famous drill sergeant, Sergeant Gunnery, is leading his cadets uh, in just a simple in cadence as they go out running one day. I love working for Uncle Sam! Now, I'll say, it was pretty hard finding a clip from that movie, Full Metal Jacket, that it didn't involve the world's most famous drill sergeant just swearing obscenities and saying the most crazy things. So, uh, I found the most PG uh, of the clips to uh, share, because after all, i got to keep this PG, right? Um, but so, anyway, whoever we ultimately picture, though, when it comes to leadership, you know, we tend to think of individuals who are ultimately large and in charge. They're like individuals like... Uh, Sergeant Gunnery, who ultimately call the shots and are responsible for telling others what to do. In the military, when your drill sergeant tells you to jump, the only appropriate response is, How high, drill sergeant? And generally speaking, I think no matter what image, though, we think of when we see and think about leadership, it's hard to ultimately get away from this chain of command type of leadership that is seen in the military. It's a type of leadership that heavily relies on hierarchy Chains of command, doing exactly what you're told, and never disobeying a direct order. At the end of the day, it's a leadership style that's heavy-handed, authoritarian, and dic dic dictatorial, <laughs> dictatorial in nature. It's a style of leadership that has been around since the beginnings of human civilization. And I think at the end of the day, it's probably the one that we're the most familiar with, even in our highly democratized society in which... Uh, you know, we get to work together on a lot of things, but we still have this kind of, you know, gut instinctive reaction towards these kind of alpha leaders, these people who, you know, come in and boss others around and tell us what to do. Um, and it's just something that no matter how hard we shake, we just can't get away from it. We, we respond for some reason, even when we hate that style of leadership. We still respond to it in an amazing 
uh, way. Because there's just something about conforming to the orders of other people when they start barking them that just tickles a funny spot in our soul. Enter Jesus. Jesus lived in a world full of this type of leadership. Leadership that was top-down, heavy-handed, and bossy. And not only did this exist within the religious Jewish society that Jesus grew up in, but it was something he experienced living under the occupation of Rome and the reign of Caesar. Such a mindset Jesus, though, ultimately spoke against. He wanted to teach his followers that a different mindset must exist when it came to them and the idea of leadership. And it's a mindset that in the church, I feel we kind of have shied away from over the years. We, we pay a little lip service to it for sure. And ideas that Jesus spoke about in the Gospels regarding leadership. But when we really ultimately get into the deep implications of what Jesus was after, uh, especially in regard to the church, we still kind of, you know, back away from it and go back to these foreign pagan sort of authoritarian ideas of leadership structures that resemble the things we see in the military or a large corporation. And even our churches are governed much more according to, um, in spite of all that Jesus said about issues regarding this, our churches even still end up being governed according to things that look much more like Rome than they do the kingdom of God. And what Jesus and what did Jesus ultimately teach about leadership? Well, as we'll see in the next couple passages that I'm going to read from the Gospels, and the only passages that Jesus specifically talked about the idea of leadership, Jesus was actually kind of frowning on the entire idea of the word leader or leadership. And don't get me wrong, it's not to say Jesus was against the idea of leadership per se. Leadership exists whether we like it or not. But Jesus was against all the baggage that we ultimately bring to the table when we are discussing the idea of leadership because it gets so deeply ingrained in all of us. And at the end of the day, it's kind of a nasty little demon that needs to be exercised from our minds. So here's two passages I'm going to read. The first one comes from Matthew chapter 23, verses 8 through 10, where Jesus said, Do not be called rabbi. For one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, and that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. In the second passage, it's very similar. Luke chapter 22, verses 24 through 27, in which Jesus said, or where it's written in the gospel, And there arose a dispute among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority are called benefactors. But it's not to be this way among you. But the one who is greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like the servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not he who is reclining at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. For Jesus, the idea of being a boss 
as something completely foreign to the idea of what it means to be a leader in his kingdom. Instead of being a boss, Jesus calls us to be servants who wash one another's feet. A servant doesn't get to tell others what to do. A servant is one who exists to help someone else accomplish their goals and to meet their needs. Jesus calls on leaders to be servants. And by that, I don't mean the tired out cliche from the 1970s where we use this this phrase, and it's a phrase I hate, (laughs) the servant leader. For as good and as well-intentioned as the phrase servant leader might be, I have yet to meet anyone who uses that term servant leader simply as anything else other than as another way of saying leader. They're just saying leader, but in a nicer way. They say servant leader, but the accent is always on the word leader. And when they make conferences for churches to go to, they don't have these giant conferences where they say a servant's conference. No, it's always a leadership conference that we go to. And even though we might get together at these leadership conferences and espouse the virtues of being servant leaders, it is understood subconsciously by everybody in the room with a wink and a nod that by using the word servant leader, well-intentioned as it might be, what we really mean to say is the word leader. So, I believe instead of saying the phrase servant leader, we just need to learn to say the old-fashioned biblical word. (laughs) And that's the word servant. And indeed, that was the preferred description that leaders, like the Apostle Paul, used to describe themselves. The Apostle Paul always opened his letters by saying, Hi, I'm the Apostle Paul, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He never comes up and says, Hi, guys. I'm your leader. (laughs) For as long as we think of ourselves as leaders, and I believe this is the reason he did that, for as long as we think of ourselves as leaders, there will always be this, this temptation to think of ourselves as a boss and to think of ourselves as someone who is actually an authority figure among who we are called to serve. And once you start thinking of yourself in an authoritarian sentiment, and when you start calling yourself a leader, it's not long before you will in some way start possessing the very attitude that Jesus Christ condemned. In our society and in the times of Jesus, we tend to think of leadership in primarily hierarchical and top-down relationships. We want to know who's in charge at the end of the day. But Jesus sees everything in the kingdom of God when when it comes to the issues of leadership as being flipped upside down and flattened. And instead of a pyramid structure of leadership, Jesus calls us to see things in terms of a common brotherhood. For Jesus, leadership looks more like people standing shoulder to shoulder in a circle as brothers than in a massive, top-heavy pyramid-structured bureaucracy. I'm not a boss at the end of the day, and Jesus doesn't call for us to have any bosses in the kingdom of God, for there's ultimately one in charge of everything, and that's him. And even with him being officially in charge, Jesus still finds himself emptying himself of everything that has to do with being large and in charge, and instead Jesus lives among us as a brother and as one who came to serve. 
We must do everything we can as Christ followers to stamp out this heavy-handed authoritarian tendencies in our heart. And don't get me wrong, those tendencies are strong, they're natural, and uh, they're just kind of ingrained in us as a people. But no matter what official capacities we might find ourselves in, whether it be in government, work, home, or the church, even if we find ourselves, quote-unquote, in charge of something, we must resist the temptation to ever think of ourselves as the boss. For example, as a man, I might be the head of my house, but I'm never to think of myself as king of the castle. Instead of thinking I can boss my wife and theoretical kids around, and that everyone in the house must do as I say, I need to look at my calling as the opportunity to be a fountainhead of love and joy for all others in my home. And as a result, I don't look at myself as quote-unquote leading my home as much as I exist to equip and empower others in my household to be the people God has called them to be. And instead of laying down the law, God has called me to be a living example that inspires others to embody a certain way of life. And instead of ruling by an iron fist and exercising brute force, God has called me to kind and gentle persuasion and to serve others by means of sacrificial love. And in saying this, of course, I concede that, yes, there might be instances where I have to draw a line in the sand regarding some things. But such instances should be exceedingly rare. For if you get to the point where you're having to use a stern rod of correction to start beating people with, this would only be for rare moments and where relationships have become irrevocably broken and where both parties are ultimately destined to going their own way. Since serving is always about what others get out of my service instead of what I personally get out of it, then I need to stop looking around at my service as an opportunity to feed my ego. (laughs) You know, because I would hate to waste my time and my talents and my abilities and to do something that's beneath me, right? But instead of looking for powers or positions of power and prestige that are always in the limelight, we always need to be individuals who are looking out instead of opportunities for the limelight, to instead be individuals looking for opportunities to serve others in whatever capacities we have to serve, even if that's in small and forgotten places. And that includes doing things we don't necessarily like. And even sometimes things we aren't even particularly good or talented at. But it's been my experience over the years that even when I'm not particularly good or talented at something, so long as what I do is, is, is in service as unto the Lord, I've always found in my life that there's a special kind of grace that comes along in the moment to fill in for the areas that I'm de- personally deficient at when it comes to my talents and abilities and personal preferences. <laughs> you know, it's always easy to see the stage and say, I want to be up there. But in serving others, it's not about me. And it's not what I get out of serving. Whether or not you get any jollies or sense of purpose out of doing what you do is ultimately irrelevant. You may even feel that your time and talents have been wasted in whatever capacity you have served or that something you have done is well below you. 
And if that's you, welcome to the idea of being a servant. For servants are often individuals who do things behind the scenes and do things that go unnoticed and uncelebrated and things that are often beneath them. They don't see much in the way of kickbacks for their service and the things they've done. The only reward a servant has for the the work that they do is the outcome of their labor for others. So in being a servant, though, your time and talents are never a waste. For when you serve, we ultimately do our services unto the Lord and not men. And whatever we do, we do as brothers standing shoulder to shoulder with our other brothers. And not as individuals lording our authority and position and power above them. We stand shoulder to shoulder with our brothers and not as individuals standing on top of other men. And I think this is the idea that Jesus ultimately has called all of us to embody, whether it's in the church, whether it's in quote-unquote secular positions of power and influence. Wherever we find ourselves, let us find ourselves to be servants. It's not about what we get out of it. It's not about the opportunities and chance for promotion and, and all that sort of stuff that we look. It's not for the kickbacks. It's not for the respectable greetings in the marketplace of being called rabbi or leader or having some sort of prestigious title bestowed upon us about you know getting some sort of personal reward for it. Whatever we do, we do as servants for the sake of serving others other than ourselves. Um, and that's ultimately what our destiny is called. And if, if we be forgotten at the end of the day, we're okay with that. Because it's not about us. It's not what we get out of it. It's ultimately what we're doing as unto the Lord. And for the love of our neighbor. For the love of our brothers. But we don't often look at ourselves as brothers. We look at ourselves in competition with one another. We look at ourselves as individuals who must rule and call the shots and for other people just to do what they're told. <laughs> that reaction among us, even when we find ourselves in, in situations where we feel the need to command others to do what we want them to do because they won't probably do it otherwise. We need to instead come along them and see where they're going in life and attempt to help them get there in the best way we know how. To empower them to become the people that God has called them to become. To empty ourselves in service of them and not of ourselves. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 107 of the Jimmy's Table podcast. Leading shoulder to shoulder instead of standing on top of others. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If so, email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. And if you haven't subscribed already, check out jimmystable.com slash subscribe where there are different ways you can subscribe to this podcast, be it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google, or even by email. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to share it with others if you have. You can reach out to me, uh, again, by email, jimmy at jimmystable.com, or I'm also on Facebook and Twitter with links for uh, Facebook and Twitter at jimmystable.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. 
Be sure to follow, be sure to share, and be sure to come back next time because this is Jimmy's Table Podcast, where I'm Jimmy Humphrey and having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless, and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.